Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this time together as we share in your word concerning the resurrection of Jesus. We thank you that it's because of his, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his um, sitting at the right hand, and his soon to return, that these, minist- these saving acts have been accomplished or, are, or will be accomplished for our complete salvation. And Father, we're so very grateful for what Jesus has done for us. Father, thank you for loving us with an everlasting love, for giving us brand new mercies. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to die in our place. Thank you, Jesus and Father, for sending the Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of us, that we are not without hope, we are not without victory, we are not without uh, the, the, the ability to overcome. I thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, I rely on you. I look to you today as I share the word of God concerning the resurrection of, of Jesus, the Lord, the Savior, our big brother. Lord, Holy Spirit, I ask that you anoint me afresh. May I speak as the oracles of God. May the gifts of the Spirit be in operation as you see fit. And we thank you for the gifts of the Spirit, for resurrecting bodies. The Spirit himself quickens our mortal body, causing our bodies to line up with the Word of God. We thank you. Father, I pray for your people that you'll grant to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. Grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly may known the mysteries of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Last week we talked about the glorious um, cross, and uh, much of what we shared last week was um, by some divine utterance. And, um, and we're going to continue along those lines, but in light of the glorious resurrection. Everything that Jesus did, he did for us. Everybody say, everything that Jesus did, he did for us. Um, he lived for us. He died for us. He was resurrected for us. He ascended for us. He is seated at the right hand of the Father for us. The Bible says he, he ever lives to make intercession for us, and he's coming back for us. Amen. So everything that God did through Jesus, he did for us. God is a good God. Everybody say, God is a good God. And he wants to do us some good. At one point, God was against us because of sin. But now through Christ, God is with us and God is for us. Amen. Amen. So don't allow sin and religion to distort your view of who God is. Sin and religion will tell you that God is after you. But it is in Christ that God is for us. The Bible says boldly in Romans 8. That God is for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? Let's go over there. Romans 8. Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? 
If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to, the, to, be, to, to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So here, um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, Romans is a, a very powerful book. It's, it's one of the best books. Um, I should say it's not like the best book in the whole Bible, but it, it's a book that in which Paul lays out um, what we believe or what we should believe as Christians. Um, systematically, he's laying out uh, what God did for us in Christ. And then in Romans 12, he says, in view of all that I've said, then we do these things. And so he says, what shall we say to these things? In other words, Prior to that, he had talked about how that the fact that we are um, we have been predestined and how that God has made a way he called us and to whom he called, he justified to whom he justified. He also glorified. And he says, what shall we say to these things and things? And he says, if God be for us, if God is for us, who can be against us? And I think there that we need to meditate on uh, how much God is for us. I think sometimes even in the midst of our sinning, we look at, oh, God's going to get me, right? How many of you have been there? Oh, God is mad at me. Or maybe the things that are happening in my life is the consequences of my sin. I'm not saying that sin doesn't have consequences. If you go out and murder somebody, then you probably will be in prison, right? You probably will be in prison. And, um, and so um, you probably be in prison and we'll probably have to visit you and and, um, and whatnot, and pray for you and send you books, um, soft cover, that is. Uh, I found out recently that they, they don't allow hardback co cover into the prisons. You, you have to actually send car, because it could be a weapon, right? Um, and so, so you have to actually, um, so I found that out um, recently. But it says, um, if God is for us, who can be against us? All right, so say God is for us. Who can be against me? Okay, and it says, um, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not also with him graciously give us all things? And so that's a good scripture to meditate on and thinking about if God gave the very thing that was most precious to him, which is his son, then he would give us graciously, graciously all things. That he, he's not going to withhold anything good for you. If you have a need this morning, He's already made provision for that, those needs. Amen. Amen. If you need some strength, he'll give you strength. 
I'm telling you, I've relied on the strength of God recently more than I've ever had before. And, and I'm, 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 I'm testifying that God will give you strength physically, spiritually, mentally. He'll give you strength in the midst of where you, your strength is run out. The Bible says, Paul says, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. It forces us to rely on God more than we've ever relied on him before. Strength, uh, one of the names for the Holy Spirit is comforter in the, Hebrew, in the Greek, and it actually means to be standby. And what is a standby? Standby is like a generator, um, something that kicks in when, when your strength is gone. The Holy Spirit will kick in when your strength is gone. Amen. Whenever you're facing something and you feel like you're at, your, at, the, at the end, his strength will make you strong. Amen. And so God who gave his son up for us all, he will also give us all things. He'll give us what we need. He'll give us what we, so the desires of our hearts, as long as those desires are in, in, in consistency with his word. How many know that God will answer those pr small prayers as well as those big prayers? I think I was, I was my mind went to, um, a place of religion that it should have been delivered from is I felt, I told Courtney, I said, I feel like I'm relying on the Holy Spirit too much. I feel like I'm asking him too much, you know, and, and that's just a place of religion. And I think that we don't ask him enough. We don't rely on him. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is more real than you are. <laughs> and he wants to do more for you than you want him to do. And I shared this a few weeks ago, how we was looking for Declan's body, uh, a bottle, and we couldn't find his bottle, and, and we had looked and looked and looked and looked, and so I came up and I, I said, Holy Spirit, you know exactly where this bottle is, and I'm asking you to reveal to me where this bottle is, and I took a few moments and prayed in tongues a little bit, and I'm telling you, I had a mini vision, everybody say a mini vision. And in this mini vision, I saw this house and inside this house, I saw the door and inside was a bottle. And I came out of that and inside that was the bottle. And I'm telling you, if he's concerned about my youngest son's bottle, he's concerned about your needs. Amen. Amen. He'll help you on your job. He'll help you on your in your marriage and your singleness. He'll help you with your money. Holy Spirit knows how to get you out of debt. Now, you can get out of debt naturally. And if you'll do some things, get two or three jobs and, and do some things, you can get out of debt and discipline yourself. Um, instead of eating out, bring your lunch. You can do and you need to do those things. But I'm here to tell you that supernaturally he can get you out of debt. Supernaturally, he can heal your body. You need to do what your doctor says as long as it's consistent with what the wisdom of God inside of you. But supernaturally, he'll get you out of your sickness. He's been sent to help us. So part of the, our salvation is not only for the forgiveness of sins, but the deliverance from the curse. And there is a curse in, the, in this world. Let's continue on with this. It says, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? And so there are times that the enemy will bring a charge against the people of God. The Bible calls the Satan in the book of Revelation the accuser of the brothers and sisters. Satan will accuse you before God. And he says, no, he's 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 he's. He or she is horrible. They, they're not really serving God. Look what they just did. And the Bible says in 1 John, let's go over there, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Hold your places in Romans 8. 1 John chapter 2. It simply says this. 
Verses 1 and 2, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have what? An advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so if we sin, we have an advocate, we have a lawyer. His name is Jesus, the righteous. So Jesus, the righteous, will plead our case before the Father. So when Satan brings accusation against us, we have a lawyer by the name of Jesus, the righteous, who says, wait a minute, I died for him. I died for her. My blood was shed for them. They've confessed. They've made um, uh, they own their sin. In other words, they, they com- confessed it and, and recognized it. Therefore, the blood that I shed for them has, is available to cleanse them. So who can, who can bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Everybody say, God justifies me. God has declared us to be righteous in his sight. Amen. Righteousness is something that we cannot earn. You'll never be more righteous than you are right now. It's a gift. Do you earn your gift? Do you earn gifts? No. Hopefully you don't, right? Because then no longer is a, is a gift, right? It's, some, it's a wage. It's something that you earn, right? It's working. And so with God, we don't earn the gift of righteousness. It's been given to us. So we are no longer, we'll never be more righteous than we are right now. We can never grow more in righteousness. We can become more aware of the righteousness that we are. But we are righteous people in the sight of God. We are saints of the Most High. We went from a status of being sinners into being saints. And so this Christ who died for us, he was raised for our justification. His resurrection declared us to be righteous in the sight of God. And so we are righteous even when we sin and mess up. When we confess, God forgives us and cleanses us for all unrighteousness and treats us as if we never sinned. God treats us as if sin never existed in our lives. That's what Jesus did for us. Oh, man, that sets us free. And we need to become more righteous conscience than sin conscience. Are you with me? So, so when you approach God, don't approach him based on your righteousness, your right doings, your good works, but, but approach him based on the blood of Jesus. On the basis of the blood, I come boldly before your throne. And I say, thank you, Lord, for I want to visit with you, Father. I want to talk with you, Father. I want to, I want to petition. I'm not earning anything because Jesus already earned it. He already did the work so that I can have it. I'm just walking in it. I'm just receiving it. I'm a believer. I believe that the God who, who, uh, who condemns my sin turns around and makes me righteous through Christ. So in Christ, you love me with an everlasting love. Your love, you will, you will never, ever stop loving me. Even if I choose hell, you'll still love me. Your love is so powerful, it's unstoppable, it's unmovable. Your love is not moved by my performance or lack of. Your love remains the same. Nothing can separate me. My trials do not separate me from the love of God that is in Christ. My lack of faith does not separate me from the love of Christ. 
I'm persuaded that angels or demons cannot separate me from the love of God. My, the battles that I go through. Amen. And it goes on and says, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So notice this. Who can condemn God's elect? Who can condemn God's elect? Who can bring charges against God's people? Satan thinks he can, but we have an advocate, the righteous one, Jesus Christ. And it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Say nothing. Come on, say nothing. nothing. Shall separate me from the love of Christ. Notice this. Tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. None of these things will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. Man, that's good news. That, that's what Jesus came to do. He came to die, and it says, more so, more than that, he was raised. Who is at the right hand of the Father? And it goes on and says, as it is written, this is what the Old Testament says, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. That's what we are regarded as. But then Paul steps up. He says, no. That's what it, say, it says. But no, 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 that's not the case. Because in all these things, in what? In tribulation, in distress, in persecution, in famine, in nakedness, in danger, in sword. In all these things, we are what? Do y'all see that? So in your tribulation, you are more than a conqueror. In your persecution, you are more than a conqueror. In danger. God never promised that we will never be in danger. But he says, in that danger, you're more than a conqueror. <laughs> God never promised that we won't be in famine. In famine, you'll be more than a conqueror. Jesus is the conqueror who gave us the, gave us the, the keys, gave us the victory. So a conqueror is a person who conquered it, right? You think about back in the day where they go and they conquer territory. But the Bible says we are more than conquerors. That means that Jesus did the work and turned around and gave us the victory. <laughs> so we are more than a conqueror. It's one thing to be a conqueror, but it's another thing to be more than a conqueror. We are more than conquerors. We're more. That means that we didn't do anything for it. Jesus conquered it and turned around and gave us the victory. So therefore, we're more than conquerors. Amen. No, in all these things, so yes, we are, we are counted to be uh, um, like sheep going to the slaughter. But no, in all these things, in all the things that he just listed, and nakedness and danger and sword and persecution and distress and tribulation and life, and all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ or through him who loved us. Notice this, that, that Paul is always positive in the midst of a trial and a tribulation. He's always looking at what God did for us in Christ. He's not looking at his circumstances. He's looking at the victory that Jesus won. So what are we to do when we find ourselves in a, in a bad situation or in a stressful situation or in, a, or in, a, um, in relationships where there's trauma or whether it's there, there's circumstances and finances or physical circumstances? 
He says, look to what Jesus has done for you. Amen. None of this is in my notes. It says, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. God's love in Christ is greater than sin in Adam. What the devil did in Adam is no, lo is no longer a, a factor. God, what God did in Christ is greater than what Satan did in Adam. Satan rules the world through sin. God rules the world through righteousness. And so what God did in Christ is greater than what Satan did in Adam. Amen. Amen. Sin is no longer a factor for me. God took care of the sin problem in Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Yes. Glory to God. Let's, let's take a look at this. Um, Romans 6. Let's go over to Romans 6 real quick. Romans 6, verse um, 5. Mm, let's, let, let, let's, um, let's look at... Romans 5, <laughs> Romans chapter 5, let's, let's, just, let's just take our time. Y'all got a few minutes, right? I, I promise I won't be before long. According to my time, it's 25 minutes. Um, so let's see how much we can get. Um, therefore, since we have been, oh, let's do Romans 4, okay? I'm sorry. Romans 4, let's look at verse 21. Romans 4, 20, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. This is Abraham. Abraham is our father. He, he's considered to be the father of, father of faith. So that's why we call him father what? Abraham, right? He's also considered to be a friend of God. Um, God out of all the people in the world, he, God called Adam, Abraham friend. And, and, and one of the reasons why he's the friend of God is he, he believed God against all the odds. God told him that he was going to give him a child. At first, he doubted. Sarah definitely doubted. She was laughing. Like, this is a joke. We're old people. How are we going to have kids? Uh, and, and, and the Bible says they, he believed God. They believed God. And God accounted to them as righteousness. And so it's through the promise that God was able to give them the seed, which is the seed of uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Isaac and so forth. And then God tells him to go and offer up Isaac as an offering. And he does it. He believes God. And he, he says, the lad and I will return. So he actually believed that if God called him to kill his only legitimate son, that he was actually going to raise him up because he said that the lad and I will come back. All right. And so here Abraham believed against all, all, all odds. Um, the Bible says that, that God calls him friend. It says fully convinced that God is able to do what he had promised. Now, it's not just a, a, oh, he's able, like there's songs written about he's able, he's able, but it's almost like it, the, the potential of God, not the, the potential of God that he is. The, the word able kind of indicates to us that he will do it. God, not that God is able like maybe, but God will do it. Amen. Um, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It was counted to us who believed in him who raised from, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord. The verse 25 is what I want to get to. 
who was delivered for our what? Okay, so trespasses is, is you, you, you stepped on a ground where you were not forbidden, where, where you're not permitted to stand, step on, right? When you trespass against someone's property, right? You go, like, I, I think I remember being a, 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 a little boy, and, and w what we used to do is we used to steal plums. Like, um, they're, they're, I'm from Arkansas. And so um, my neighbor, our neighbor had, had this plum tree. And so we used to steal plums. And we also would steal pecans, 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 however you say it. Um, and, and we would just, like, go to proper, people's property. And so we were trespassing, right? We were in a place, in a land that we were, didn't belong to us. Okay, so how many of us have trespassed against God's law? Going in places where God never called us to go, forbid us to go. Right. <laughs> Come on. Um, so he was delivered up for our trespasses. And then what's the next part? And was raised <laughs> for our justification. Right. Resurrection Sunday. He was raised for our justification. Everything that Jesus did, he did for us. Everything that Jesus did, he did for us. Everything that Jesus did, he did for us. He was born for us. He, was li he lived for us. He died for us. He was raised for us. He was ascended on high for us. He's at the right hand of the Father for us. He's coming back for us. All right? You got to think about that God has us on his mind. There's a song, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. <laughs> he was thinking about us. He gave his life up for us. One died so all could be all can live for him. Amen. Um, he was raised for our justification. The word justification means uh, for, to, the thing, the act that made us justified. That this, this, this doctrine, this teaching of justification, that we have been declared justified before God. God who's just, who's just has declared us to be just as if we never sinned. Justified. Man, we are, we are just as clean before God as Adam and Eve were before they fell. <laughs> and when you get that understanding and revelation, you'll be free. You won't go to God, oh God, oh, I'm so unworthy. Oh God, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Either you're a sinner or you're saved by grace. Grace is more powerful than sin. And we're more conscious of our sin than we are the blood of Jesus, than we belittle the blood of Jesus. If we focus on sin more than the grace of God, then we miss what Jesus came to do. <laughs> Amen. I'm not saying you can go out and do People don't need a license to sin. <laughs> You're going to sin, right? But when you sin, don't run away from God. Run to God. It is in Christ that I've been forgiven. I confess it, and, I, and God treats me as if I never did that thing. Just like your kid, right? I hope you don't hold your kids' acts against them. Oh, you know what you did last year around this time? <laughs> you can never get away from that, right? When you were 16, you did that. Am I ever going to live out this? Are you going to always bring this up? <laughs> Thank God that God is not like that. God forgives and he chooses to forget. What, what some would call the sea of forgiveness. He separates us as, as far as the east and the west. East and west, they never cross. 
and he doesn't remember our sins anymore. He separates us from our sins. He counted it as done. He counted as the Bible says that Paul says, I count everything but lost, but that, that I may gain Christ. Christ is enough. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Amen. All right, and, 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 you know, we can go on. Verse 12, it talks about the death in, in Adam, life in Christ, and it goes on, talks about this gift of righteousness. Let's, let's take a look a little bit at this. It says, um, verse 15, but the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many die through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace that the one man, Jesus Christ, abound for many. And the free gift is not the result, is not like the result of that of one man's sin, for the judgment following one's trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through the one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Let's, let's focus on this real quick. It says the abundance of grace. God has more grace than you have sin. Count as much, how much sins you have. We've, we've sinned, you, you know, our thought life, our action, our tongue, right? God has more grace than we have sin. So we have received the abundance of grace and what? The free gift of what? Of righteousness. This gift of righteousness, it's a, it's a, it's a gift. So if, if I invite you to my birthday party and you bring me a gift, what did I do to earn that gift? You wanted to give that to me, right? Amen. The gift of righteousness. We are righteous. We are righteous people. And, and what is the word righteousness? Righteous means right standing with God. I have right standing with God. Well, at one point, I had wrong standing with God. There was beef. There was, God was my enemy. I was his enemy. Romans 5 talks about that. Now I am at peace with God through Jesus Christ. It is in Christ that I have peace. It's in Christ that God's hand of wrath is not God's hand of favor. The propitiation of our sin. He turned the wrath of God into the favor of God. Whereas at one point I was under wrath, but now I'm under favor. I'm under grace. It's not me accomplishing what the law told me to do. Now it's my faith in the one who accomplished what the law told him to do. <laughs> my faith in Jesus who fulfilled the law is enough. Amen. 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 The, the abundance of life, or the abundance of grace, and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. We are called to reign in life through this gift of righteousness, through the abundance of grace. We're, we're called to reign. You, you know this, right? King of kings and Lord of Okay, we are kings. We are lords. We are co-heirs with Jesus and well, no, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And so we're to reign in this life through the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace. So you are to reign over whatever God has given you. 
Just like the first Adam was called to reign in the garden, we're to reign in our life, in our world, in our garden. We're to have dominion. Amen. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation to all men, so that one act of righteousness leads to justification in the life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience, the many who were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience that many will be made righteous. So, Adam, what did we have to do to become sinners? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Just be born, right? When we got born again, what did we have to do to be righteous? Nothing. Through one man's disobedience, we all became sinners. Through one man's obedience, <laughs> we all became righteous. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. It goes on and says, um, for as by one man's disobedience, many became made sinners by one man's dis... See, see sin... Oh, let me just stop there. So one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass. Where sin increased, grace abounded all the what? More, right? So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, as you look at Romans 6, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who, who died to sin still live thereof? And it goes on in verse 12. It says, let, no, let, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Verse 14. For sin will not have dominion over you since you are not no longer under, or you're not under the law, but under grace. We're not to allow sin to reign over us. Okay, let's, let's look at this. So the cross was necessary. Christianity is all about the cross. The cross was the standard execution of Roman times. Um, you got two wooden, two wooden beams which were nailed together in the shape of a T. I know what we see as a cross, we see that, right? But actually it was more like a T. Um, the cross is the universal symbol of Christians. As believers, we identify with the cross. The cross is necessary. Some believers actually believe that it's not. Isaiah 53 verse 3 tells us that how people view Christ. And we saw from last week that Christ was, there was nothing beautiful about Christ at that cross. The Bible says that God the Father made him to be sin for us. And, and Jesus received sin. He didn't sin, but he became sin so that we may become, be made righteous in the sight of God. So Jesus became what we were in order to, for us to become what he is. Um, there was an a, a, a even exchange. There was a great divine exchange. He became sin that we may become righteous. He became poor that we may become rich. He became sick, sickness so that we can be healed. He took our name written in the Lamb's Book of Life and gave us his name. The great exchange. We, when we realize this exchange and walk in this exchange, we'll be living like God predestined us to live. They, if you see the apostles in the, in the earlier church, they didn't have a sin consciousness. They weren't mindful of their sins. They were more mindful of the cross and the resurrection. They thought about what Christ did, God did for us in Christ more than they thought about their sins. Let, let, um, let me, let's stop there. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5. I'm almost finished. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
as you go there, I'm going to read a couple more from my notes. The cross is necessary was necessary to fulfill God's plan. Christ even wondered if the cross was necessary in his humanity. You remember the scripture in Matthew chapter 26, where he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, right? You, you know that. So in his humanity, he doubted. He says, God, there has to be another way. But God's plan was saving his people through the cross of Christ. It is necessary. One had to die for others to live. Christ died to sin so that we could live unto God. Christ died to sin so that we could live unto God. Mm. It was the purpose of God to crucify his own son. The cross was the most evil deed ever committed on this planet. God's own perfect and sinless son was put to death by wicked men. At the same time, the crucifixion of Jesus was the best thing that ever happened on this planet. Blood was shed to restore humanity to fellowship with God and Christ. Christ died for us. He did not die for himself. He died for us in our place. He was our substitute. The cross has brought salvation to the world. The death of the son brought salvation to the world. If God brought the greatest good out of the greatest evil, then he can bring good out of what seems to be evil in our life. The cross was necessary because it was designed by the Father to pay for our sins. The cross was part of God's plan because it was the only way to save human beings from their sins. John Owen says, there is no death of sin without the death of Christ. Understanding sin is definitely part of understanding the cross. Sin is doing anything that God forbids. Sin includes not doing what the Bible requires. Sin is a problem, but God is a holy God. The cross is necessary to save. Anyone who wants to go to heaven must first go to the cross. You must believe that the crucifixion really happened in order to be saved. Do you see the problem with some preachers who, who add a simple prayer at the end of a sermon thinking that that's part of the gospel? It's not enough to just add a prayer at the end of a nice little pretty little speech. The cross must be preached in order for one to be born again. Don't say, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? What does that mean to the unbeliever when they have not heard the cross? It is the message of the cross that offends unbelievers. It's not the cross itself. It's not the method in which the cross was preached. It's the message. The message of the cross tells us that we are guilty before a holy God and that we need the son in order to be saved. Everyone needs the son. And until we come to that place, we cannot be born again. You may have a mental agreement with the, the cross, but unless you realize you need the son of God, you cannot be born again. And that is a fight that we're in. Wonderful messages about self-help, wonderful messages about how to get your business on, how to do this, how to do that. But we must need, realize that sin is a big issue with God. But God resolved that issue in Christ. That's the good news. That's the gospel of Jesus. That God was reconciling the whole world to himself through Christ. Let's look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says this, verse 14, for the love of Christ controls us. 
constrains us, King James, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. He died for all that those who live may no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Now, who did Jesus die for us? Who was he raised for? Us. Okay. Who for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If you're in Christ, you are a new creation. God does not come to renovate us. He does not come to give us a be our best life yet. He, he comes to make, make us into something that never existed before. He's creating a new humanity in Christ. There's going to be a new heaven, a new world. It's a new world. In Christ, he has, he's, he's, he's what he originally designed for the first Adam, he's reclaiming it through the second Adam. So in, if anyone is in Christ... He or she is a new creation, a new species, something that never existed before. Yeah. It's not enough. As a Christian, you don't need to sing, make me over again. <laughs> because you've been made over again. You've been made into something that, you never, that never existed before. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He is a new species, something that never existed before. He is reborn. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> All right. Um, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of re reconciliation. What's your ministry? The ministry of reconciliation. That is that in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. God is not holding the sins of the world against them in Christ. The message is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That's the good news. What's good news to a sinner? No longer you don't have to be a sinner anymore. You are reconciled to God through Christ. <laughs> All right, almost finished. Therefore, verse 20, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on the behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. Amen. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God was in Christ reconciling. He's not holding, he's not counting their trespasses against them. If they realize that in Christ, they have the freedom from that sin. Amen. Amen. So the glory is resurrection. Why should we focus on the resurrection? Without the resurrection, we're not saved. It demonstrates God's power in its fullness. The scripture, I pray, that, that we may know the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe who worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named. The resurrection is also our source of resurrection. 
Christ's resurrection is the source of our resurrection. If God raised Christ up from the dead, he's going to raise us from the dead. That's the hope in which we came into this. The Bible says we're saved by hope. And the hope is that one day we're going to be resurrected from the dead. Right? Come on now. That's our hope. Jesus is called the blessed hope. Hope is, um, is confident expectation. The, the ex- we expect to be resurrected from the dead. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of us, shall quicken, quicken or make alive our mortal bodies. We're going to get brand new bodies. Amen. Our body, our resurrected body is going to be like the resurrected Christ. That's why it's scriptural to sing that song. The resurrecting king is is resurrecting us. He's going to quicken our mortal body. The same, it doesn't matter if you were cremated or you're burned by fire, you died by fire, you were cast into this. That same power that raised Christ from the dead will gather our bodies together and resurrect our bodies. Amen. 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 Glory to God. That is the message of the, the resurrection. Um, so, and the last one is the resurrection is the reason why we're justified, Romans 4.25. So there's four reasons why the resurrection is important. One, without the resurrection, we cannot be saved. That's 1 Corinthians 15.17. 1 Corinthians 15.17. Number two, um, the resurrection demonstrates God's power in its fullness. That's Ephesians 1.19-22. It demonstrates God's power in its fullness. Third is the resurrection is the source of our resurrection. Romans 8, verse 11. And then last is that the resurrection is the reason why we're justified. Romans 4, 25. We rely on that resurrection. He who raised him from the dead will raise us from the dead. We're going to be just like him. Jesus is the second Adam. He's who the Holy Spirit is conforming us to be like. We're to be like Jesus, spirit, soul, and body. And our spirit's going to be like him. Our spirit's already like him. Our our soul is going to be like him. And our bodies are going to be like him. We're going to have the same. Our bodies, just like the resurrected king, our body's going to be just like Jesus' body. We're going to be like him, spirit, soul, and body. Glory to God. And why is it so important that we be just like Jesus? Because Jesus and the Father have perfect fellowship, unhindered, unbroken fellowship. We're going to fellowship with Father God on the same level that Jesus fellowships with Father God. That's the whole goal of being like Jesus. Not to say, oh, I'm just like Jesus. No, because Jesus and the Father have perfect fellowship. Our union with Christ gives us access to the Father. Glory to God. And God, according to John 17, I'm going to leave you with this, that God loves us as much as he loves Jesus. God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. Close your eyes. Say, God loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. The Holy Spirit It's making me more like Jesus so I can fellowship with the Father on the same level as Jesus does. Let's worship God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the life. We thank you for the death. And we thank you for the resurrection of Christ. 
We praise you. We glorify you. We worship you. Thank you. One day we're going we're gonna to worship you like Jesus worships you. We're going we're gonna to rejoice. We're going to be just like your son, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are making us more like Jesus in our minds, our attitudes, and our hearts. I thank you that, Lord, that thank you, Father, for raising Christ from the dead by your spirit, that one day you're going to resurrect our bodies. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside us or raise us from the dead. We'll quicken our mortal bodies. Thank you, Father. I thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Come on, just a few more moments. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We love you, Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We worship you, Father God. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us to worship in spirit and truth. Help us to truly worship. Help us to truly worship. Thank you, Father. We worship you, Father. I want you to, I, I challenge you to step out of your comfort zone and, and begin to worship, Father God. Begin to worship. We worship you. We praise you. There is no other God but you. Holy Spirit, teach us how to worship. We don't know how to worship as we are, but you know, you know how to worship. You know like what the Father likes. Oh, you, you know the will of the Father. We worship you. We praise you. We love you. We worship you. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. There is no other God but you. You're the only true God. And on this resurrected Sunday, we worship the resurrected King. We worship the resurrected King right now. We thank you, Father. We thank you. You are God and God alone. Holy Ghost, we don't know how to worship as we are, but we thank you that you've been sent to help us. We worship you. We worship you. We glorify you. There is no other God but you. You are the only God. You're the only God. We believe that you exist. You are who you say you are. You'll do what you say you'll do. We worship you. We thank you. You're not a man that you should lie. Neither are you the son of man that you should repent. You have spoken it and you'll make good. You make your word good in our lives. You make your word good. And Father, we worship you. We thank you. There is no other God but you. You are the only true God. We praise you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what Jesus has done for us. We thank you for the precious cross. We thank you for the precious glorious resurrection. A, a foretaste of what shall our resurrection. Even as the apostle prayed that we may know you and the power of your resurrection. In the fellowship of your suffering. We want to know you in the power of that resurrection. The power of that resurrection. We want to know. We want to know that power of resurrection. And the fellowship of your suffering. Be made conformable even unto your death. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We worship you. We love you. We worship you. For you are God. You are the resurrection king. Oh, we bless you. We reign in life through abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. We reign in life. Say, I reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness through the Christ who died for me, who was raised for my justification. I declare that he is the resurrected king. He's resurrecting me. 
He's bringing me to life. For I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. I am no longer a sinner. I am a saint in Christ. I am righteous in Christ. I'm delivered in Christ. I'm healed in Christ. I'm prosperous in Christ. I'm complete in Christ. I rely on Christ. For he is my righteousness. For he is my sanctification. For he is the wisdom of God. For he is the glory of God. I have been made, I have been making, I have been made into his image. The Holy Spirit is using my newborn again spirit to be just like Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Let's reign in life. Let's reign in life. Let's reign in life. Let's reign in life. No longer under the dominion of sin. We're under grace and under favor. We have right standing with God. Hallelujah. God does not deal with us according to our sins. He deals with us according to the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let that change your prayer life. Come boldly before his throne. Come boldly before his throne. Act like he's your daddy because he is. If you had a good daddy, you can go to him and say, Daddy, I need some money. I need some help. I need some wisdom. I need some joy. I need some strength. I need some wisdom. I know I, I want to learn how to witness. I, I need you, daddy. I come boldly before you, God. Lord, you know the, the, the smallest desires of my heart. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I make my petition known to him. For he's a God that delights in fulfilling the desires of my heart. He wants to please us. And hear what I say. In other words, he wants to, like, like a natural father, wants to please and, and provide and, and do everything that is necessary. Our Heavenly Father, how much more? How much more? He might have had a bad example as a dad. But you are dealing with the real father. The, the, the epitome of what a father is. He is the real father. And all fathers should strive to be like him. Glory to God. Pray for those who are fathers. Pray to get the wisdom of the father to be like, be father. To father your children like Father God fathers you. <laughs> Glory to God. Mothers, pray for the wisdom of the Father. We receive our identity from Father God. He gave us his name. He gave us his blood. He adopted us in his family. We're in the kingdom of his son. We have right to the name of Jesus. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the word of God. We are without excuse. We can reign in this life through the one. Amen. 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 Glory to God. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, 
You can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.